0: Welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Legends in the Dark, where sometimes I don't need to give a fancy intro to make this episode work. My name is Jay.
1: And I am Leslie. You had one job.
0: See, I told you I'd come up with something on the fly though. <laughs> <laughs> How
1: have you been this week?
0: Oh, I've been good. How's everything with you?
1: Same old, same old. I have been just... Kind of getting used to the spring coming, is changing, still a few storms here or there, so.
0: Allergies are acting up.
1: Oh, yeah, seriously. I keep sneezing at work and I'm still getting, like, because I'm wearing my mask and stuff, but I'm getting those looks like, why are you sneezing? COVID. <laughs> and it's one of those things where, like, and then I do the exact same thing, so it's I hear someone cough and I'm like, why are you coughing like that? I feel like that.
0: You start getting all twitchy,
1: well, I really, really wanna dive in to this episode and I'm I'm really wanna know your thoughts on it.
0: Full disclaimer, this was a dry one.
1: It so. really it really kinda is, but that's why I want to get thoughts on it because I feel like in this episode we're getting a little bit more dry. No no it's not dry. Um we're getting a little bit more into who the people are and why they're on the ranch. And we're inter- we we're even introduced to new people. So I'm, I'm, at, it's a little bit of excitement. But I'll be honest, this episode was is one of those episodes that if I waited the whole week to come back and watched it, and then the next episode, the teaser at the end of this episode was so good that I almost was like, maybe we should just do both episodes.
0: Okay, well, allow me to set the scene.
1: Oh well, yeah. let let me just introduce. So we are going to do episode three of the History Channel's The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch entitled "Looking Down. The air date for this was April 14th, 2020. And take it away, Jay.
0: When last we left our intrepid heroes, Thomas Winterton, after extensive experimentation out in the field, started to feel not quite right, and was thus rushed off to the emergency room by some guy that I can't remember the name of. Caleb. There you go. We now return to Skidwalker Ranch.
1: Thank you for that recap. So, as Jay says, we are, the show starts off with a recap, and literally it starts off with, I guess, supposed to be a couple hours later after Thomas has left. It's still May 31st, 2019, and we see the conference room and the team Catches up actually, ranch supervisor Jim Morse. So he comes in. He's like, "Hey, where's uh, Thomas?" And they tell him what happened to Thomas, and he gets visibly upset at the news. And then they basically said, "Well, that's it for today. Let's go sleep."
0: Mm.
1: And then the last thing we heard in the last episode was Brandon, the owner of Skinwalker Ranch, is going to come out. Well, we get a we get some text on the. On the screen that says two days later. So it's a couple days later. And they're working on the ranch. And Tom returns with Caleb, And he tells the team. Uh, a CT scan doesn't show much. But the show does show the x-rays. From his injury. From two years ago. And what he experienced on May 30th, 31st. And very similar. It's very similar. Um, looks like, it, like his, his swollen. And. He
0: says his his scalp separated from his head, basically.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting is, and I know this is just a script kind of thing, where we heard this story last time, like in episode one, with about Diggin. and at no time during this story. At least in the show, you hear about anything else. And now you hear from Jim, Oh, what's his last name, Sagala? He's the one who's the PhD a scientist. And he explains that two years ago, he was actually a consultant on Thomas's case. And he basically talks about how it looks like it was a, what was it, like a radiation beam? Like right yeah, at the like back it. of his head?
0: Yeah, he said, like, if somebody somebody was, like, just focusing, like, a beam of radiation directly onto one spot on his skull.
1: Which, okay, I'm kind of getting to the point where I feel like they have all this information and they're trying to present it in a certain way, which I completely understand, but I'm kind of to the point where let's just get all this information out right now. And I feel like that would have been probably good information to Jim... For Jim to share in that first meeting, but maybe he knew that Travis was, like, really, like, shooting daggers at Eric about the, you know, the secret case. And he's like, you know, what? I'm just going to skip that I was a consultant on Thomas's case.
0: Right. And, and I've, I've did they ever say, like, what Sagala's, like, PhD is in? Because why was he a consultant on a medical case?
1: I don't know. He's just a scientist. It did not say what his specialty is, which is really weird because it seems like any time a scientist is coming aboard to do something, they're given his whole background. Like, I mean, spoiler, later in the episode, we meet another um, scientist and we have his whole background. And I'm kind of to the point where I'm like, what is going on with his PhD? Uh
0: Are they, like, just throwing out people with PhDs and say – you remember, like, on WWF, they would say, like, you know, some guy is a martial arts master because he could throw some kicks, you know, at the event. At, you know, like, oh, X-Pac is a martial arts master. He just – you know, he was just kicking. He wasn't doing anything special. He was just kicking. He's a martial arts. So the guy who comes on, he's a PhD. It's like – like what? A PhD in you know radiology? A PhD in marine biology? A PhD in squirrels? I don't know what the, what 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 is he PhD in?
1: I don't know I need it. To know. And you know what? I haven't done research in the sense of like going back and like like Google on him. So I mean maybe that's something I should put down like next time. But it seems Hold like. Is he, also, I apologize for my neighbor's dog is barking. So I apologize if you hear any barking or ambient sounds.
0: Never apologize, Leslie. It's a sign of weakness. <laughs> ah, Dr. Jim Segal has a PhD in physics.
1: Okay. I just, why didn't they mention that? That's really interesting.
0: That still doesn't really explain why he was a consultant on a medical case, but...
1: Well, I mean, sometimes... Whatever. I don't know. Oh, but back to...
0: Did they think that, they think that, that Thomas was going to like generate a black hole, like a wormhole in the back of his head or something?
1: Oh, spoiler alert. Okay. So that's it. There's no other explanations. You got Jim to explain something, or Dr. Jim to explain something. And, and I'm saying Dr. Jim because now I forgot that we also have Jim Morse. I'm telling you, they only have, like, a few names that you're allowed to do in this show. Like, we got two Jims. Last time I had told you there was two Travises. One of the Semper guys, the, the guy who came out to test for waves, his name was Travis. It's... And then... No kidding! In this episode, we're going to get two toms, so everyone is going to get a nickname by the end of this show. I'm just saying.
0: In desperation. The team consults with CEO Brandon.
1: Oh yeah, so Thomas comes. Now we're um, still because it's too late. Two days later, Brandon finally comes. He uh,
0: getting the team together.
1: Dude, they even say that Brandon and, uh, not Brandon, Um, Dragon's all like, the team is assembled. I'm like, oh my God, he's the Tony Stark of this team. I'm telling you.
0: Avengers assembled
1: it's awesome. You, okay.
0: You know, you know what I always find kind of interesting is how, how, how often I hear the word troubling on this show.
1: I know. I kind of want to start making up like a drinking game for this show.
0: Like every time Brandon says the word troubling, take a shot. <laughs> every, t- every time. Every time. Eric shoots daggers at somebody because they said, let's not do this.
1: <laughs> no, not Eric. Um, oh, not Travis. Eric. Um,
0: Travis, yeah. Like, every time Travis shoot, like, shoots daggers at somebody because they they didn't give him all of the information. <laughs> all right, well, like, like like, you sons.
1: <laughs> I know, he has some great faces in this. Of course, I feel like now that he's getting some of his experts in, he's a little bit more whatever you guys are doing but there I feel like there is a little bit of a a crack in the team. Yeah. So Brandon comes, the team is assembled as uh as Dragon tells him and he tells Dragon, I got the devices and he's holding a silver case. So we have another silver briefcase or another briefcase. This one's silver and we don't know what's in there. First there's conversation. They sit down in their conference room and they have Conversation of do they quit? And they honestly look to Tom because he's the one who got injured, and Tom's they basically
0: like, "Yo, guys, <laughs> um, it's me, Tom. I'm good. <laughs> let's keep going."
1: Well, and you know, I really respect that Tom says that. Hey, if there is something in the land, I have friends and and people I know in, in the neighbor and ranches, and it could affect them. I wouldn't want anyone. To go through what I'm going through, and honestly, it's just I think a responsibility in the sense that if you did find something awful on the land, and it's like, oh yeah, this is this radiation is spreading into the wa- ground water and it's going to this town or you know like it, stuff like that. I could I could see where they're kind of saying we're going to keep going because we have a responsibility, and basically that's what this whole conversation is about. Then finally. And again, my thoughts on is is it got very personal. So it wasn't so much about what's happening on the ranch right now. It was what's happening to them because of the ranch. And like even Tom kind of talks about like he could probably quit the ranch, but you know he feels like that responsibility.
0: Yeah, he said those are that's his people there. He's trying to make sure that whatever's going on isn't affecting them the way it affected
1: him. I feel he's very sincere about that too. I really feel like he, he is a guy who feels responsible for those around him. So it's basically decided that they'll keep going. Now Brandon explains the new steps and he wants everyone to remain safe. So he brings out the box and he has these medical grade bile devices um that people will wear as a watch to monitor and hopefully forestall any other issues that might come up. Um, get ahead of it. Because I think that if they were wearing something like this, they could have caught what was happening to Tom a lot sooner. So basically it's a we're gonna be safe going forward. And then we right. jump, then it's then Brandon basically says, Well, I gotta get back to work. He leaves, and it's decided that if they are gonna continue digging, or not even digging. But researching it for the non-invasive, they're going to have to wear these biomonitors. Which I was like, "Mm, okay, that seems like a Fitbit, but okay.
0: (laughs) Right? Just keep, like, help me get my cardio in for the day,
1: (laughs) 10,000 steps. All right, so another two days later, we're in June of 2019 now, they continue with the non-invasive testing around the Mesa. They bring out a man. Huh? Derek. Yes, they bring out a man named Derek. Who was a drone operator, and it's so funny because I forgot who says it, either Travis or Dragon, but one of them says, oh, Derek and Eric, I should remember that. (laughs) It's like, yes, everyone has the same names on this show.
0: Derek, a man of few words, who somehow turned his love of model airplanes into a career.
1: (laughs) Actually, I really, I really like the people on, they get for the show. I feel like they're kind of coming on saying, okay, well you guys are recording me. I'm just gonna do what I usually do. There you go. And then like whenever they start like getting traffic. like there's a point where they're like like Eric and Travis are kind of like not panicking, but they're just like amazed at what's going on. And this guy's all like Yeah it's not working. Like I love that every time they bring someone on and they are like oh my God, look what's going on. And the other people are like yeah.
0: Bad Wi-Fi connection, guys.
1: Oh, my gosh, yeah, that's what Chris said. Okay, so...
0: That's what you get for going with, the, with, the X, with AT&T instead of Xfinity.
1: <laughs> that's funny. All right, so they bring out Derek, and the plan seems to be to try to find out if anything is buried under the ground that could be causing all these uh, interference. And my thoughts are... I wrote down here my thoughts. Eric talks about trying to see shapes circles triangles and this kind of has me going back to my point a little bit earlier with Thomas Eric is the lead investigator he's the one who's been doing this observational investigation for last like two three years and the whole thing though is also I apologize if you hear my husband he he is playing a video game so I apologize but the thing is is How he talks about, we want to see if we could see shapes under the ground, circles or triangles. I thought that was really weird. I thought that was very specific of him. And I just, I feel like they are not telling us something. I really feel like they're, they're, I feel like they know something and they're trying to reveal it to the audience, which is usually fine. But I feel like, just this episode alone we're not getting any answers but they know some like they know an answer and they're just kind of like taken forever to tell us it you know what I mean like did you think that was weird how he was I thought that was really I was really taken aback when he said like yeah we're trying to med- we're trying to um, look at the thermal image in uh of underground and we could see if there's shapes and he could have just stopped at that I said, we could see if there's shapes or something underground but then he's like we could see if there's circles or triangles and I'm like that's that's to me weird like it's it's a little it's a little specific yes yes because if i was saying hey um i'm going to try to look underground and we're like i'm thinking about when people use like the ground penetrating radar and they don't say well are we trying to find squares or rectangles it's like there's they're saying well they're trying to find objects in the ground and just him saying like circles and triangles i'm like who says that for underground? Like I would assume they were like, well, we're trying to see if there's any formations, maybe some rocks, maybe some caves. I would have expected that, but like circles and triangles, I'm I i do not know. I'm getting this weird vibe from this show now that like, they know like, more.
0: Like triangles, dude. You know that shape doesn't even exist in nature, right?
1: Well, I, like, well, yeah, you could have said like rocks or something. Like, I, I, when he said triangles, I thought that was. I think he, that's what bumped me. I really he think he that's what said, bumped
0: me. He could have said irregular shapes.
1: Mm-hmm. Not man-made shapes. Like that's yeah. what I feel like I feel like he was saying something without saying something. Like he's he's basically like, you ever do it's like one of those games where it's where it's like password. Say all these other words so the person can guess that your actual word. You know, you can't say share. So you're gonna say, Oh, you know. A singer, you know, host of a variety show. Like, you're going to do all these descriptions, and I feel like that's what he was doing. Like, he already knows something's down there, or I feel like he has a suspicion that something's down there. And he's just like, yeah, hopefully we can find circles, triangles. <laughs> like, I, it was just really weird to me.
0: Octagons, pentagrams. Yeah.
1: Like, he may as well just say, you know, honestly, he may as well say, I'm going to see if there's an underground hangar.
0: <laughs> I want to check out that UFO they must have down there may as well one of the things i don't understand is why he was saying like oh if it's buried like two to three feet below the ground i'm like
1: that's not that deep
0: yeah that's not at all
1: i don't know there's something there i feel like this is what i think i think that bigelow probably dug on the ranch i feel like there's something that was discovered or something that's going on and you hear multiple times, and I think you hear it in this episode, too, that Bigelow never um, released what his discovery was. And now it kind of makes me wonder if that's why they were in the movie The Hunt for the Skinwalker, because George Knapp had that the old footage of the scientists of the time talking about it and showing some of the evidence. So I'm wondering if, like, there's a connection. Like, oh, I, I just... there's something weird going on and it's just these are my own personal thoughts my own personal thought is there's something weird going on with this whole production like they want to show us something but they're leading us which is fine that's what you do with a show and you have eight episodes but the thing is is how like what this episode is about is completely semi-different from where we started and I feel like they kind of touched on this and then they're going to take it away but it's like why are you taking it away? You guys know something more. You know what I mean? It's just, it's bumping it's, me so bad.
0: It fru- it's really frustrating because as I talk about like, oh, Bigelow did this and that, and he didn't release it. So like, so Bigelow wasn't really interested in finding answers because if he was, he would want to let people know, this is what we found. This is a big thing. Instead, he's just part of the problem.
1: Because well,
0: now, now people still don't know anything.
1: Well, to be fair, I think he also, the government got involved too. So you don't know, I mean, that's the thing. We don't know what was going on on the ranch during that time. And it seems weird that there's, as Brandon said in the first episode, there are scientists who refuse to come back on the ranch. We always thought, what happened that you got scared that you don't want to come on the ranch, but maybe there's another reason. Maybe it's something that they can't do. Maybe it's something they sign with the government. Like, I can't go back on the ranch. You know what I mean? True. I don't know. So this episode, I'll be honest, like, so by this point, we're basically just doing all this electronic stuff. So they get the drone in the air. And speaking of Bigelow, so they get the drone in the air. And it's funny because I feel like this whole season, if anything, is just a setup. So they see these towers and these fences with barbed wire and like Derek, the drone operator, is basically like, "Ooh, what's that? And they have to explain that it was Bigelow and the scientist's. And it's just, it's all for the audience. It's all to catch you up if you've never seen Hunt for the Skinwalker or never read the books. So we kind of are going around the mesa. He doesn't see anything. There's a lot of shadows, nothing weird. Then they go to uh, Homestead 2. And this is where we find out that this Homestead 2 is where everyone, Thomas included, have weird experiences. And we find out it's run down. It was built in 1902. And it was abandoned in the 1930s. And it's also explained that many other strange things happen in this area. And just on cue, the drone cannot connect to the controller. And they start doing all these read ins and they say, you know, we got five gigabytes, or I'm sorry, five gigahertz. And the to them, it was um, weird. To my husband, who by this time was sitting with me watching this, he was just yelling at TV, OMG! It's someone's Wi-Fi. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. My husband, who's an IT, um, and has been in this field for like the last 10, 15 years. It's just, it's really funny where I I will watch these shows. And his friend, Sean, was really funny because he used to hate when his wife would watch um, Bones. And I loved Bones, too. And he would watch and he would just like tweet or, you know, Facebook. And he said, Bones is doing magic again. Because they would have these, like, computers, and like, well, here's what we did. We did a 3D model, and then, like, you'd see it, and it's, like, a hologram. And you're like, well, that's, you can do that. And then, like, and this, and then we sent, oh, no, the hologram has a virus. And then Chris is like, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> like, I don't know why. It was just so funny. Like, having, so having Chris there was making me laugh because I'm sitting there trying to write notes down, and he's just like, it's just someone's 5G. And as my husband is saying this, we see Eric, I'm sorry, Derek, Basically, kind of just messing with his drone. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna go like ten feet down the lane and see if it works. So, my favorite part is he walks down the lane, and then you hear Travis. Is it working yet? And it's like, dude, he hasn't even walked down far enough. <laughs> just like, give the guy a chance.
0: I could use my 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 you know use my customer service training and say, Have you tried power cycling your device?
1: <laughs> well, and then have basically, turn
0: the Wi-Fi on and off? <laughs>
1: Well, and basically, so they said that it's, it's gone, it's dead in the water at the end of the investigation, which I wish they kind of shown if they went to another, like would they've gone back to the command center and see if it worked there. But the guy kind of goes, walks around part of this, part of this homestead in the Mesa and try to get his drone working. And I guess it's not working. And with that, that's it. All they got some cool thermal imaging that of they
0: the...
1: That I know that doesn't really show anything, and
0: they, just, they 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 just got to play with an expensive toy. I hope they didn't have to pay that guy.
1: They probably did. He he has a company. I'm not coming out and being filmed without like. But it's just funny because the guy was just kind of like, hmm, that is weird. Like, but he, but like Travis and Eric Was like, oh my god, it's five five megahertz or five gigahertz Whatever it's called, and like Chris is like, that's someone's <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> I
0: was gonna make a Back to the Future like.
1: 1.28 gigajigawatts. <laughs> right? You saying that you made a time machine out of a drone? <laughs>
0: well, the way I see it, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna make a drone or a time machine, you gotta do it with something really lame.
1: <laughs> okay, so after, and then this whole next scene is they're trying to figure out where this interference is coming from so they get some modified coffee cans to put their trimeters in and to figure out where exactly it's coming from <laughs> i don't i don't know it was so like i'm to the point now where i was writing down my notes where i'm like and i literally put they do something with a modified coffee can and it's, now we're
0: using elementary school science
1: that's what he said yeah and and so they find out that after some um testing They find out that the signal is not coming from the ground, but from above them. And that's when my husband's like, it's a satellite, it's a satellite. (laughs) So, I mean...
0: For For those of you who may not know, Chris isn't a paranormal believer.
1: It's hilarious because he's not, but it was funny because we were talking about paranormal stuff. And he's actually had some recently, and I might have to share this on a future episode, he's actually recently had some paranormal things happen to him at his work. And he's actually working from home, but he has to go in to monitor the servers and stuff once a week. So it's like, it's one of those things where he was telling me these stories and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's so interesting." So yeah, my husband is a skeptic, but when stuff happens, he is kind of one of those first that if he can't explain it, he's like, "I'm out." <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's why it was so funny when he's sitting there, he's like, "Well, this is what's happening." And he was kind of telling me like, "Well, this is why this doesn't work or it's probably someone's hot spot." Like, and it's it's interesting because they the show tries really hard to be like, "Hey, we're trying to do this very professional," but they're, they're, they don't say, well, does anyone have a hotspot? Like, they say, well, there's no, there's no towers out here. And Chris is like, well, does someone have a hotspot on their phone? And I'm like, oh, you know what? I bet you one of those guys does. There's it's no dragon. way. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Dragon. Okay, so they go to three different spots on the Mesa, or not the Mesa, but on, in Skinwalker Ranch. They triangle it. They come back. They use yarn and a map. And, as he says, high school geometry to figure out using the yarn from the angle seeing where they intercept in the sky. And, I just wanted to say, I prefer my yarn to be on a conspiracy wall. Also in red. They use orange. So,
0: (laughs) that's all I kept thinking about. They they did determine that the readings or the... the radiation or signals or whatever were coming from about, what, a mile up in the air?
1: My, uh, I think it was about 1.6 mile high, and it should be viewable because that's that's actually higher than airplanes, or, or lower than airplanes. Lower, yeah. Yeah. So since it's not, their next plan is to send up weather balloons, uh, a la Area 51 origin story here. So, like, I would <laughs> – I like that there was a, um, a moment where – I don't know if it was Travis or Jim, but one of them said that, uh, well, I can't wait to see what my neighbors make of this because <laughs> they basically have a guy come out and his name is Dr. You know, what? I didn't get his whole name, but they kept calling him Matt. So it's Dr. Matt. He's a university, uh, for Huntsville, works for the University of Huntsville. He's a PhD expert in a lot of different fields, but he's an expert in weather balloons and so now they get it all set up. They get one weather balloon set up and they can put all their cameras, RF meters, all these other in- reading instruments in this like they make this little platform with the weather balloon and they send it up. And it's windy. It's windy and the first one is tethered. And what's interesting is Matt says that he hasn't heard of this before, where there is these weird signals that, that they can't see. And it should be able to be measured. And this is interesting because, according to him, he's done, like, 30 of these weather balloon measurements, and later he even says he's put these three things through the ringer, like thunderstorms, stepped on them, them they all fell. So they should be very accurate, and very du- du- uh, durable. And there's also to I put here, um, we're noting that Caleb is the one. There's no dragon. And what's funny is he's, he, this is kind of like what we talked about last time. He is armed. He's wearing like a belt with a gun on the side where I haven't seen dragon wear that. I'm getting more and more that dragon is the suit of this operation for the security. I don't know if you noticed that.
0: I actually did.
1: Okay. Like I, I'm just getting like Caleb is, is the one who's like the main security guy. Okay, so they let they let one go tethered. Gets windy, they bring it down, and it kind of crashed, but they got the instruments. And then they let the next one. And I have thoughts on this. So this this might be a, another little tangent, but they let the next one go with the equipment. And what this should be able to do is it should be able to go right through the center of where this interference is coming, which it does. And it should measure like what's going on. And here's my thought is right after they send it up, they're like, well, let's get back to the command center because Eric's in there monitoring these, the equipment online. And so they get in their cars and they leave. Here's my thoughts. And, and I'm being completely 100% serious. I would have left someone near that tower because they were near the tower, um, that Bigelow they had, they showed earlier I would have left someone there monitored in that balloon because here's the thing: is if anything weird happened to that balloon, which spoilers it ha- it does. You have stories. I mean, it was in the hunt for the Skinwalker. It's it, it's documented that there are stories that people have seen, both Biglow scientists and the Gorman family, have seen weird windows in the sky, quote unquote, weird doors. Um, on the mountain, like, they've seen weird, almost, like, portal-like structures. And you're letting something go through this thing that you suspect has this interference, and you're not going to watch it. And that that drove me nuts. Like, the minute that you were driving off, I was like, why isn't someone staying there to watch this? Even set up a camera to just watch the the balloon float away. Because then they get back to... They get back to the command center and they're tracking it. Now the ranch is above sea level, about fifty five hundred square feet, they said. So the balloon gets up to about ten thousand five hundred square feet, which after they do the mass so it's about at five thousand square feet where they think the interference is, and all the equipment shuts, shuts off. off. And they don't know where this balloon is now, and I was so frustrated. I said, "I said, you know what?" And they don't even know where it's at. So they didn't like. They didn't watch it. Like, what happens if you're watching it and it gets through? Like, it goes into the air and it pops. Like, you have your expert there, Matt, Doctor Matt, and it's like, okay, well, why would your balloon pop in the middle of air? Like, what what would it cause? And if it's kind of one of those things where it just drove me nuts, where I was like they have had to do more than this and they're just edited it for time. But I don't understand like why they didn't even leave someone there. You know what I mean? Like you, you could have left like Jim there. You could have left like the camp, like Travis could have stayed behind because I don't understand it. And so yeah. when, when they get back and, and, and Matt's actually like really kind of concerned because he's like, this is where he says, Hey, I've sent these things through thunderstorms and have been able to track it it got up to basically 5,000 feet and stopped working. That's unheard of for his equipment, which is like...
0: Yeah, for all I didn't know, a giant arm could have shot out of the mountainside and just grabbed the balloon.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's it, exactly. Like, you're sending... You have this weird anomaly in the middle of the sky that's not viewable. You send something up there, you're like, oh, it's going to go through it. Then you take off, and you're like, oh, wow, it went through it, and it stopped right where it had this thing. It's like, well, yeah, then if you had someone out there and you're like, hey, where is it at now? It's like, oh, it's, it's way above the atmosphere. It's like, oh, okay, so it's still there. Like, I, you don't even know if it's still there. That's what, like, was so frustrating for me. So, anyway, so now the balloons, much like the drone, is, is um, shut down. Dr. Matt is baffled. Um, like he said, he sent these things. He's put these thing, these tests through the ringer. He doesn't know what happened. So now the next plan is, oh, I'm sorry. The conclusion that they all come up with is that something out there is sending small signals that they can't see. So the next plan is to send up a rocket with sensors through this area. And now that's it. That whole section is done. And I'll be honest, of the whole show, that was the most interesting part. Because the balloon stopped working, their sensor stopped working at this certain uh feet, but it was really frustrating that they didn't have eyes on it and they didn't see like why it could, like, like you said, could did something happen to it? Like, if you're watching this, right, and it gets to 5,000 feet and maybe you see a spark in the middle of nowhere, like in the air, and then it, and then you're told, yeah, it just stopped working, and be like, well, what the heck sparked up there, or what the heck, like. I don't know. It just it feel. I feel like I'm missing a beat of this investigation. You know what I mean?
0: I think that's being done intentionally.
1: Probably. I just think that's the most frustrating part of that whole episode.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things that made this episode like quite not quite as interesting as the last couple have been. But hopefully, you know, it'll pick up on the next one.
1: Yeah. Well, so now we're we. I don't remember if it says how many more days. I think there is a few more days later, but we now have Thomas Winterton and and Travis go out to Homestead One. Homestead One is where the current caretakers um, live and watch the ranch, and they've only been out there for a few weeks. Um, that it ex- it's explained in the show, and the caretakers are Candace and her boyfriend Tom. So let's just say this: Winterton is going to be Thomas. that's the guy who who is basically the manager, ranch manager. And Tom is Candace's boyfriend. They've been only there for a few weeks, but they've been experiencing weird things. So we discover when we meet these caretakers, Candace is the woman from episode one who was witness to the dead cow. So we've been waiting for her to show up because we knew there was a woman in this investigation. Now we find out she's the uh, caretaker. For this Homestead One.
0: And an anthropologist.
1: And an anthropologist. At first they didn't really say that. They were just like, oh, she's a caretaker with her boyfriend. I think it's going to get more into her in the next episode.
0: Oh, I'm skipping. I skipped
1: ahead. She, right now, all we know is, like, how they introduce people is so, like, little, like, breadcrumbs. Because all we know is they told us he was a caretaker. We see her, we're like, oh, she's the one who basically was talking to Travis about the dead cow in episode one. Talking about, what Travis is like, hey, no one touched the cow in case there's radiation. And she says, too late. So, I'm sorry, I'm picking up again from... My husband um, haven't asked me a question, so I am apologize if I already said this, but we also discover in this episode that this house that they're staying at, Homestead 1, is the old Gorman house that are the basis for all the stories of the hunt for the skinwalker, if you read the book or even watched the, the movie. But the the book explains all their weird occurrences. They explain in the book about how I think they mentioned this in the show, they lose their lawnmower and it's in a tree. These are also the experiences, and I remember the creepiest story is where, I think Mrs. Gorman, Mr. Gorman was off, he was in another city on business, the, the kids were away, and she was by herself in this house, and now you get to see the house, and she was washing dishes, and she looks out of her window, and she sees a, like, almost like a trailer, with a man like walking back and forth and now that you see what the house is and see how like the area looks like just like how big the area is in out of the whole show this one part is it's completely terrifying when you read these stories about what they went through and now you're seeing the area and it's not like a oh here's a ranch house that sees you know 15 acres in front of you no it's a little house with like a little driveway and you call an like, area for ranching and and, and it's just like how would you have a motorhome right there and be, to be by yourself in this whole land where you're seeing someone in like this trailer going back and forth and working. I, I don't know how she stayed there that long. I mean, I know she said in the, in the story, she calls up her husband and basically says, get me out of here or not, not get me out of here, but you got to get home and he gets home. And, but like just thinking about it now, that's the creepiest experience. Like now that you see the real house. Yeah. And this is also the house they talk about that when they moved in had the locks all on the outside of the doors.
0: Wasn't there also like a story, I don't know if it was from the from the same house, but isn't there a story also where they see like a glowing door appear and like something like walk out and then take off on all fours like out to the, to the distance somewhere?
1: Yes, that is one of their stories. I can't remember if it's when they were out horseback riding or... Or at their homestead because there's no mo- I mean, when we said earlier, when I said earlier, there was multiple stories. There's multiple stories. I mean, like there are stories where they saw. I think it was Mr. Gorm. I can't. I, I forgot their names that they used, but it was one of these things where he looked up and he saw a window. It looks like a window, and he could see through it like a like it was twilight and he could see almost like it looks like a sunny day on the other side of this window so yeah this is this is the area where all of that's happened and when you start seeing it it gave me the shivers because like now you're actually it's it's kind of like when you hear about a story for so long and you start seeing pictures of where that story took place or for some people they watch movies or stories about let's say the queen mary and then they go visit it it's it's that surreal moment that's where i i really start liking the show again Going back, Thomas Winter- Winterton explains that they heard the noise in the basement and they punched a hole in the wall where these noises were coming from. And it's just a small hole. And when they look in, they see it's a sealed room in the basement. No doors, no windows. So basically, Thomas is in back out with Travis to put a little camera on t- this makeshift arm, like a pole, and to put it in and see what this room is. They put it in. They see that the room is dry. It has thick concrete. And on the floor, right under the hole, they discover this pile of rubble. And at first, they even thought, and I thought this too, it's was like, oh, it's just from where you punched in the hole. But they also noticed that, it's, no, it's too much of the rubble. And then they started talking about, like, you know, it's discolored. It's darkened. It almost looks like ash from a fire. And when they get closer, it almost looks like tiny bones are in the center. And that's literally the last couple words that you hear before they end the series, or the the episode. So the episode ends with, on that note, but they start like a teaser trailer right after. And the teaser trailer to me is more of a cliffhanger, because in the teaser trailer, we see them using the rockets we see now they're bringing cattle onto the farm, which explains what happened in episode one, and that we they see something in the sky. Like, they're all looking up the sky saying, and Travis is saying, what is that? I've never seen that. And that is how the show ends. So basically, basically to me, it's saying next episode, they didn't really leave it on a cliffhanger for me because I have a feeling like even when you look at that little... Stuff on the floor, I think they're going to explain it pretty easily, but it is creepy that there is like the sealed room in the basement. Uh-uh. So, but the whole thing though is I can't wait for that episode four because they see something, and knowing that they've caught captured a lot of stuff on video, when they say I see something in the sky, it's not in the middle of the night, they're not having another bonfire. This looks like it's in the middle of the day, so hopefully, we get some good video footage of whatever they capture in the sky. But I'm really hoping it's not, like, something with the rocket. Like, they send the rocket up, and then they do that, look, look, what is that? Like, I, you know, I, I don't know. But I hope it's not a really stupid tease, you know what I mean? Kind of like how these, all these cases and stuff were teasing us.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But overall, my final thoughts on this episode is this one, except for the end when you go see Homestead 1, this episode was really... Ho hum for me.
0: Yeah, like I said, it's dry and pointless. A lot of the stuff they did in the episode was kind of pointless.
1: Well, I
0: I mean I mean not pointless, but like okay, I will say the drone was pointless. Because the drone yielded them absolutely nothing new.
1: Here's my thing. I we already know from the beginning, from episode one, that something happens in twelve weeks. The cow mutilation and I think they're trying to cause tension and showing like hey this is what we're happening now there's only eight episodes we're only on like the fifth day or sixth day like we started on the 28th with the conference and this one was like March or I'm sorry June 4th like it's just it's one of these things where it was they're, they're gonna have to speed stuff up and you know that they did other stuff so I don't know if they're just trying to, to put all this basis and then like the, the middle episodes are just going to be like now all the S gets real and then you're going to have the wrap up. Or if this is just going to be like the origin stories of like like they're trying to make this whole Marvel Cinemverse where it's like, hey, here's everything that's happened in the first one. Second season is going to be, you know, knock out the part because like you're right. I feel like the drone didn't tell us anything They could have done that in like a 30 second or a minute, like montage, how, you know, they do like a black and white or like, well, we had this guy come out and then they did this and this and his drone stopped working. Like that whole thing was like really kind of annoying because nothing happened. It's the same thing with, it's the same thing of like when, then they never went back to it. The only thing they really kind of said was, well, we couldn't, that didn't work so moving on moving on and yes they are showing that look at this equipment the equipment doesn't work but you know they could have done that so many different ways i don't i don't know i feel like the equipment will stop working throughout the whole series and they could have just done a montage of this happened and this happened and this didn't work and i would have been happy with it they could have done like a five minute it's kind of like when you watch these paranormal shows too like i was just watching um Expedition Unknown, but they had this new one, and I have Discovery Plus now, and they have uh, Josh Gase, and I guess it's called Expedition X, where he uses two people, and they go back to um, investigate these, like, more of a paranormal ones, and they went to the island of the dolls, almost said dogs, the island of the dolls, and in Mexico, and Josh had gone there like a decade earlier, and he caught some really, really good evidence, and really weird stuff. And I think, like they did they did the whole classic here's where we here's what I experienced, or here's the history of it, all this stuff doing the whole setup. but what was interesting is the woman I forgot her name, had an experience, and then the camera just shut off, and they spent like five minutes talking to the cameraman like this camera just shut off this I've never seen this, and like then they had the producer there, like you basically saw the production team. It's like I like that because I feel like these are the people who are, maybe because I got my major in, in this, is these are the people who 100%, they are doing a job. There's been times where you talk to these camera people and they're like, I don't believe in this at all. I'm here to do a job. So when stuff like this happens, they have this like $2,000 camera and there's like, this stopped. I'm You don't understand, this stopped because this is my livelihood. I need to figure out what's going on because this has never happened. It's not because they think it's ghosts or something. It's, this is my livelihood. What the hell? And their frustration is so real. This just feels like, it's like, look what happened. It's a weird drone thing. It's like, I really didn't need to see that. I would rather had more story. I would rather had more time at Homestead 1 learning about Candace. I mean, we learn about it in the next episode, I believe. But, like, I will... like to learn more about the caretakers and see what they've been experienced and they've been on the homestead for like 3 or 4 weeks and i, I don't know this the, i agree with you 100%. I feel like this whole drone thing was such a waste of time when we were watching this uh the show. I mean, I get what they were trying to prove, but it just was so boring.
0: Yeah, and it took up a lot of the time, a lot of the episode more than it should have. <laughs>
1: Well, and then then they did this whole ending with Travis, not Travis, I'm sorry, with Thomas, and it's like, and then I, I'm fine, da, 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 two days later, it's like, you know, I, I don't need, you know, if I want to watch the series, you guys don't have to leave me on a cliffhanger, you know, like Ghost Hunters, Travel Expedition, they have like um, little box episodes, like it's just all about this one scene. You guys don't have to make, like, a movie out of this. You know, tune in next week and see what we discover. Because, quite honestly, I'm going to tune in next week if I'm interested in this. Because I will want to see your evidence. But the thing is, if you keep teasing me and then not delivering, I'm going to get frustrated with you. Like, I'm a little frustrated with this show right now. Like, I, I mentioned in episode one, I want to see season two because of what I've seen. But I didn't realize until I was analyzing this... That if I was watching this week by week, because I waited and now I'm binging, I would have been so mad with this episode. I'd be like, I don't want to watch this next episode. The next episode is going to be so boring. Right. What do, do you want to watch the next episode? Like, yes. did the teaser, did, did the teaser work for you?
0: Yeah, the teaser worked for me. It actually did. It, and it did more, like, it's like just like you said, like, that teaser made the rest of the drying is actually almost worthwhile
1: yeah and i think i see where they're going where they're in storytelling they're trying to be like well if they see something while they're doing these rockets why are they doing these rockets and you had to get there from here and i don't know i think if they did like a five to ten minute montage of at the beginning of we had this happen and we had this happen and we had this happen so this now our next solution is to send up a rocket I just want to see what you guys are experiencing.
0: Right? Like, I want to see you guys get nervous. Yes! I want to see the fear in their eyes. So that basically wraps that episode up. This That was episode three. So we're hoping... We have high hopes for episode four.
1: Honestly, with the teaser trailer, that I feel like that was the first time they had a really good teaser. Because last time it was... Brandon's coming off the airplane or the the helicopter they, with our case.
0: I think they need to stop talking to Brandon. Like Brandon, <laughs> Brandon's bringing nothing to this investigation except toys. That's basically all he's bringing. So just have him mail these things to him because you know he has to get on a helicopter, fly this stuff out. They could just have it mailed out to him or them or whatever. Let's stop focusing on Brandon. He's the least important person in this whole process. But he no, no, no offense. I know he's he's funding this whole thing, but you know, so was the dude from Jurassic Park, and they didn't focus so much on him. So you know, like you know, John Hammond. Yeah, they just you're you stay here. You don't need to come out and see anything because you know you're just the dude who's paying for everything. Just chill.
1: That explains Teresa Part too yeah we didn't need him yeah I no but i i know what you mean where that whole episode it was just to introduce that they now are wearing biometers so so far we're introduced to biometers satan a technology that eric made and <laughs> a couple other things that we they've done nothing with yet, so like I just hope they don't keep. Inter- I hope we get some payoff basically in the next couple episodes. Because so
0: what, what, what do they say when they when the when their computer stops working? Not today, Satan.
1: Not you today. love that joke. <laughs> but right. yeah, we're how ha- There's only eight episodes. Next episode is the halfway mark, so we gotta start seeing some payoff now. Right. Yep. So I guess that's it. You want to take, oh, legendary listener shout out?
0: Yep. Who do we got this week?
1: Well, we got some new downloads in Rio de Janeiro. So that's exciting.
0: Haven't had that before. So if you like our show so much, send us plane tickets and we'll be more than happy to come down and visit you
1: guys. (laughs) After I get my second vaccination. And me, any vaccination. (laughs) Well, you want to take us home?
0: Yes, this has been another successful and exciting episode of Legends of the Dark. My name is
1: Jay. And I am Leslie.
0: Your purveyors of the paranormal, your curators of the creepy,
1: we thank you and good night. Good
0: night.